of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. My pleasure to have the director of Nebraska's Department of Corrections, Scott Frakes, joining me this morning for the conversation on KFOR's Lincoln Live. Good to have you back in. Been way too long since you were here. Good morning. It has been too long, and thanks for having me. Now, if I've done my math correctly, next year will be your 40th year. Actually, am I close or August, are you in August your 40th 31st, year? August 31st, I'll wrapped up 40 years. Of next year? No. Of, of this year? 2022. I started August 31st, eight, 18, <laughs> yeah. close enough, 1982. Congratulations Thank on you. that. Are there days when you wish as a young man in Washington you would have taken the other fork in the road and stayed in construction <laughs> rather than well, veer off and go to corrections? You, know, you have those days, I'm sure. Uh, I, I have those days and my passion for construction's never quit. Fortunately, I have enough little projects to keep you know my skills at least not completely rusted through and the other piece of it is I think we talked about this last time was that actually I've had a lot of opportunities within corrections to put those skills to use this last year as we've worked on the initial design of the replacement um, Nebraska State Penitentiary um, spent a lot of time with architects and looking at you know putting together uh, plans so uh, those skills have certainly served me well. See, that's what I wanted to be when I was an architect. Wanted to go to school to learn drafting, get a license, go to a college, become an architect somewhere, build buildings and be famous. And as I was being given a tour through the uh, community college, there was the campus radio station. They're playing rock and roll, director, and they're sitting in jeans and T-shirts I said, I can do that. There you go. I can do that. That doesn't look like work. That's for me. And I couldn't get below, with drawings, I couldn't get below an eighth of an inch. As soon as I got to a sixteenth, it was was never straight. I can still make a two the way architects (laughs) make twos and threes. But we're getting way into the weeds here. Uh, The 107th session of the legislature just adjourned. So recap the session from a corrections department perspective. Well, it was um, certainly an interesting session. We had our efforts to try and get authorization for funding to do the replacement uh, prison for the Nebraska State Penitentiary. And probably one of the most prominent bills was LB 920, and the one that was some pretty significant criminal justice reform. And unfortunately, um, in both cases, we didn't see you know, nothing move forward at this point. So the good news for us is that there is still $175 million that has been set aside and is still sitting there in the budget for next session. There's some questions that the legislature wanted us to get answers to, so we'll be prepared for that when we come back. And I'm optimistic that we're going to be able to finally bring everything together and get the get approval to continue the project forward. Optimistic, but can I interject here? You had to be disappointed. This was a year when the state was flush with money. Yes, you know, without a doubt. I was I was disappointed and sad for a few days, and then I, you know, woke up and said, okay, time to move forward and time to figure out what you know what do we do next one foot in front of the other so the good news on top of the fact that there is still money dedicated and sitting in a place where it can be accessed the fact that 
the money we were allocated to use to begin the design work and to identify some sites, we put that to good use. Uh, so we have done a lot of productive work that still has good value. And we've got the reception and treatment center project is just about to wrap up, which will bring us 416 new beds, and the timing is perfect for those. So that's, a, that's the bright spot on the horizon. Governor Ricketts has been a big advocate for building a new prison, but Governor Ricketts won't be there very much longer. Uh, we don't know who will replace him in the mansion. Uh, does that create any fears for you in trying to replace an advocate for building a new prison with someone who maybe is not so strong an advocate? Not fears. Um you know, just the challenge of bringing a new administration up to speed, a new administration that's got 500 things to get up to speed on. And so finding that opportunity and a little bit of time to sit down. The argument and the case has been already made fairly well. Mm -hmm. We have two engineering, well, we have a, a study and an engineering study that both show the condition of the existing NSP, the need for replacement. There really wasn't much argument about the fact that that facility has to either be replaced or have a huge injection of funds, which is not the best place to put our money. Um, so that piece, I think, will be fairly easy. Then the question becomes demonstrating why it's so critical to move forward because of the length of time that it takes in particular. You know, we started this project two and a half years ago, um, and it's not unusual. This is, I knew going into it that it's going to take time, um, especially where Nebraska pays cash. Um, states that bond sometimes can move on big capital projects a little quicker, but you know, we pay for what we do, which is a really good way to do business. But to bring forward a project that's $270 million, I had no doubt there was going to be a lot of conversation and um, a lot of thought put into it before we move forward. So a challenge, but not a fear. All right. Have you had any conversations with any of the top three leading Republican candidates and the Democrat uh, front runner for governor? No, not at this point. About prison and corrections in general? No, which is not unusual. I think after the primary, we may see you know, the, the, the front runners. Uh, there may be some conversation, but typically not before a primary. Mm -hmm. Joining me for the conversation is Director of Nebraska's Department of Corrections, Scott Frakes. And the reason you're in the building in the first place, or one of the other reasons in addition to talking to me, of course, is the fact that uh, you are seeing huge prosperity in the terms of hiring. I've seen the map. It's just amazing. Is it 35 states that are represented by people who have come to Nebraska to work for corrections? 35 different states and now 187 people from across the country decided that they want to come join us. That's phenomenal. It's amazing what a pay increase will do, isn't it? It is. And then the other pieces that you put together, um, the, the, the message that we've been working on collectively here in Nebraska, that this really is a good place to come and live, holds true. And certainly in the last couple of years, People have had an opportunity to look at their surroundings, the politics of where they live, whatever other issues there might be, and then go, hmm, almost, if not the best, this may be the, somewhere between the best and the second best economy in the nation, lowest unemployment in the nation, record lowest unemployment you know, in this state, um, and just a land of opportunities for people that are interested in doing something different. 
the word also is that Nebraska has the highest uh, percentage of overcrowded prisons, surpassing Alabama. That is as of January 1st. So in a, in a way, someone who's not in corrections would see that as a negative, but maybe someone who's looking to work in corrections sees that as a positive. Would that be a draw? Can you turn in, that well, fact into a draw? You can from a from more than one perspective. One of them, the fact, one of the things that I talked with each new class about is that we're the land of opportunity. That there are opportunities for lateral movement and movement upward, promotion. And one of the great things about corrections and in particular prison work is you may start as a corporal, but you might look around and go, I'd like to do that maintenance work, or I think I want to work in food service or whatever it is. Those opportunities exist all the time and will help get people there. So we've got that piece of it. Um, you know, so we're growing, but growing for the right reasons. The other part of it is, is once we have a chance to engage with people and talk them through that narrative that we're the most crowded in the nation, Mathematically, it can appear that way, but the reality is, is that's not true. You know, we have definitely have crowding problems in our intake center for men. We're just about to address that in the next 60 days with the new beds that are coming online. Um, but at all all of our other facilities, it's not that anybody's sleeping on the floor or sleeping in a gymnasium. Um, our biggest issues for us around the crowding is the infrastructure outside of where people are housed, where they sleep. It's the small recreation spaces, the small dining spaces, and some of those things. That's been our, and the lack of programming space. So we have to get really creative to be able to do our mission. Um, that's where the crowding affects us. It's not that uh, traditional or that image that comes up when people say you're the most crowded. Well, then that means you've got people sleeping in tents or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's not us. I can't help but go back to a conversation I had with a past warden at the state penitentiary. And he made a statement that people are sent to prisons as punishment, not for punishment. And that came up in a conversation with miniature golf courses or air conditioning and the public's cry for why do they need air conditioning? Why do they need a miniature golf course at the state penitentiary? And he made that statement and it's stuck and it makes sense to me and sometimes that's tough for the public to to think through why there is a golf course why there is a uh, air conditioning provided through the facilities you deal with that stigma all the time it's true you know and that is i think a, a corrections mantra because um, it wasn't always that way no and unfortunately but as corrections professionals we truly have embraced that and I will note real quick, we don't have any golf anymore. Uh, but we do have air conditioning. I would think and, you'd have And it. air conditioning is a great example of a quality of life issue. So we know 93% of the people with us um, are coming back to live with us. So the last thing we want to do is send people back to the community that are in worse shape, that are more angry, that are more traumatized, or whatever mm -hmm. the issues would be. We want people to have living conditions that are conducive then to good behavior and engagement in all the things that we can offer them. If we can get them engaged in treatment and programming and pro-social activities, we're going to give them more tools so that when they leave, they look for other options. Best of all, they become productive, tax-paying Nebraskans. That's what we want. One of the series of occurrences that got me thinking about you, and forgive me for bringing up the negative 
member of the media. Sorry, we pull on those kinds of things. But uh, the uh, frequency by which people were not coming back from work release, and that's not on you. It's on them. I get that. But take me into a day when you get another one of those phone calls. There was a series of time where it seemed as though every other day someone was cutting off their monitor and not coming back uh, from their work release. So does frustrating adequately describe what that day is like? I think that's a good starting word, you know. The It's interesting how they often come in bunches, and we wonder they sometimes did. if that's not one of those things, well, they did it so I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, Sometimes that's part of what drives behavior like that. And then there'll be a lot of focus and attention, and we won't see some for a while. So an interesting dynamic. Haven't been able to identify that there's any clear causal effect or pattern. But th- yes, every time I see on my phone that it's the warden from one of the two community correction centers, I pretty much can make the guess that that's probably why they're calling me. And the questions that I ask, first of all, are um, how long have they been with you? Um, What's their crime? I want to know what the criminal history is. And, you know, what was their release date? Do they have a a parole hearing or do they have a tentative release date that's already established? And then usually it's a deep sigh because it's so close. Right. Uh, That's a head scratcher for me when I see that. It is. They're up for parole possibilities in four months. Or even less sometimes. And so we know sometimes that is driven by just the fear, self-destructive behavior that's part of what leads people in and keeps people in prison is that kind of sabotaging behavior. Um, But often it's it's a, a spectrum of things maybe the most common thing is some kind of relationship Mm -hmm. issue and unfortunately relationship issues escalate as people get nearer to release because as long as they're incarcerated then there's control at the point that that the spouse or the significant other realizes that someone's coming home now all of that tension for them Mm -hmm. uh, becomes an issue as well so it's the thing is and I really am glad you asked this question because we could send only the best behaved, the most likely to succeed to community corrections and have for that chance for work release and then transition, and they would do that. Um, but the fact is the people that need that the most are the people that are having some struggles, the people that are, you know, Still not quite got that idea of you got to follow the rules to be successful in society. The people that really do need a structured transition before they even get out on parole. So that's why we do what we do. We send people there that we know have the potential to unfortunately get involved with drugs, get involved with alcohol because of much easier access, make poor decisions. Um, but in terms of the best thing for public safety, that's absolutely who needs to go. That other group of people, I want to give them that opportunity. But I know that if they release from Tecumseh, they're still going to be successful. They've already engaged in programming. They've already been behaving. They're doing all the things. So I want to get them there so they can get some work release and make some money. But that other group of folks, we got to, that is our ability to take measured smart risk with public safety. Let's circle back because we're almost out of time. How can someone reach out to Corrections to learn more about maybe working for Corrections? Well, our website has an address on it, so it makes it easy. And 
has my email address on it as all as well, and I'm pretty well known for responding to my email. And you can get a hold of us here. We'll hook you up with the Department of Corrections and Director Scott Frakes. Thank you, sir, very much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody, for listening to us this morning on Lincoln Live.